Leanne Finley-Maxwell here again with Panther City Partners Podcast. I'm so excited to be talking today again with Annalise Hill. We spoke last time about her life and transitioning as a single mom and as a parent and and, and then just the career and, and the differences in your career. And so today I wanted to delve a little bit more, Annalise, if that's okay, into your yoga practice and mindfulness and how you're using that, um, you know, not just for yourself, but but to, to teach other people, adults and kids. And so if you don't mind just chatting about that a little bit, first of all, just tell us where you're doing your yoga these days. Okay, cool. Well, um, thanks for having me again <laughs> on your lovely podcast, Panther City Partners. Thank you. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I started practicing at Elemental Yoga mm-hmm. um, and my teacher, Bryn, was... And is an incredible yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. So uh, big thanks to her. And she also taught with two other women, Carrie Rollins, who is um, a doctor in town. Mm-hmm. Dr. Carrie Rollins. She has the wellness center. and She's been practicing for a really okay. long time. Nice. And another woman, Shanti Webb Nolan, who mm-hmm. uh, owns and runs Keller Yoga. Oh, okay. And the three of them had a partnership mm-hmm. called Trinity Yoga. And I was one of the two or three uh, cohorts that went through. Right. And I currently practice, uh, I currently teach at Raja Yoga, which is the um, wellness center's yoga studio. Okay. So the wellness center with Carrie Rollins, mm-hmm. she, they, it used to be one building. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her doctor's practice and there was a um, acupuncture uh, doctor there as well. Mm-hmm. And then she taught the yoga in the yoga studio. Mm-hmm with some other teachers as well. And she teaches Kundalini and, and then she took her practice, her doctor's practice. I don't know. She, that's what you call yeah. it. Her wellness center mm-hmm. to a different location. And oh, they okay. kept the yoga studio and they opened it under a different name. I see. So Raja yoga, okay, mostly Kundalini. However, um, I teach Hatha and there's another Hatha teacher. And then I also teach kids. Yeah. Um, it's really lovely. It feels like home. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, Everybody I'm there with. That's awesome. I feel not many uh, people get to say that about the places they work. Well, it's really low key and it really is pretty small. And I know that from a business point of view, it's probably not ideal to have a small sure. um, population, mm-hmm. but it's stable. And yeah. I, and Carrie Rollins is an amazing teacher and um, she has been very kind to me and it's a tight knit community mm-hmm. and it's mostly, um, I would say it's mostly like middle age and over mm-hmm. um, are the people that come in mm-hmm. and uh, my classes are typically pretty small, but I really like, I teach a Sunday class there mm-hmm. and um, it just feels like I can be myself. It feels like I can, there's not a lot of pressure to right. be this thing that people think about whenever they think about yoga. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you, when you say I'm a yoga teacher and people, oh, I don't do yoga, I can't do yoga. Yeah. Like lots of people tell me that. Right. And I have to like kind of see where they're coming from mm-hmm. because I think so differently. Right. Like, you could do yoga right now. Right. Like, to sit a little taller <laughs> and take a breath, you know, like, let's do yoga right now. Um, I do think that people have this mindset of what yoga is and who does yoga. I mean, I've, I've listened to mm-hmm. some different people talk about yoga that, you know, we have this in our mind that it's an exercise, that you have to be thin to do it, that most of the people that do it are white, that most of the people that do it have money because they have time mm-hmm. to go and practice mm-hmm. yoga. So it's nice to hear that you're talking about this different bodies and different types of people from different walks of life are able to to practice yoga. And it really is can be for everyone. 
but well, it's it needs hard to, be. to get that around that mindset. Mm-hmm. Well, it is because most of the things you see in, from the media mm-hmm. are those images. Right. I mean, and even it, uh, as a person who has been practicing for a long time, um, I struggle with that sense of or feeling of inadequacy when mm-hmm. I see and um, am around peers or people mm-hmm. that are actually younger than I am who is, uh, make up a lot of the teachers right. that I am around um, are in their early 20s and right. Um, that's what they chose instead of college, or maybe mm-hmm. they went to college and chose yoga mm-hmm. right out and their bodies are able to do things right. that when you're 32 and you've, you know, like I was a soccer player for 13 years and, mm-hmm. um, I'm just, my hips hurt and my shoulders right. hurt and like, I got issues y'all. <laughs> and, and, um, it's nice to hear that somebody can like that. I mean, you know, that you don't have to have that certain body right. to do. And yoga. in fact, I think it's really important to remember that, um, that's not something even to aspire to, right? you know, mm-hmm. um, for people. And and that if you want to, of course, mm-hmm. hell yeah, go for it. And yeah. I do. I want to do handstands and I want to, <laughs> you know, do a standing split or whatever. Um, but when my body's like, take your time, mm-hmm. this transition is going to be a mm-hmm. lifelong one. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep going and you'll keep mm-hmm. seeing the benefits slowly but mm-hmm. surely. Um, I think that's one of the things I like about yoga. I have, I have, I've done it off and on over the last, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 years. Um, but there is not, a, you're not trying to get to a certain place. Mm-hmm. Like it's called the practice of yoga because even the people who've been doing it for 50 years and who are these awesome teachers, they're still practicing it. Right. There's not, you know, there's not a set like you're, once you get to this point, you will have mastered yoga, mm-hmm. but you're always in that transition mm-hmm. stage. And I think that's a really good metaphor for life because we are just all practicing life. We are practicing life. We're not trying to get to one specific move or one specific position mm-hmm. We're gonna once we get to that position we we're gonna find the nuance in it and we're gonna be able to do it a little differently each time so that's nice way for me to think about yoga because sometimes i do feel like i can't do yoga right i know that i can well and Um, you can't do yoga the way that these people are showing themselves that they you know can and um and the practice is really important that's something that um you said something about that that made me think about children because um Oh, I wish I maybe it'll come back to okay. me. Okay, but I do think that's important to talk about with kids because I'm. This is one of the things I'm trying to instill in my own children is this growth mindset, mm-hmm. and that um, it's the it's the doing that is the reward and not the finished product. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not the grade that you make at the end of the class or the what you score on that test. Mm-hmm. It's what you learned and how you learned and how that learning is going to help you learn more later. And I think that that can be really good to teach. In the yoga class, because that's what they're learning in the yoga class, right? That they're learning that like, maybe you got to this point today and next week when you get here, you're going to get a little bit further, but you can't get further until you first get to this point. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. And the kids' classes are so different because there's children have no idea what right. yoga is. Right. I mean, unless their parents practice, they might know warrior mm-hmm. one, warrior two, right. tree pose. Um, like most kids know what a down dog mm-hmm. is right but family's favorite pose is happy baby the happy baby that's oliver's he loves happy baby <laughs> he's a happy baby he loves babies yes, um so does she <laughs> so cute shout out to my new baby henry uh, hayes who's my little nephew oh yay i have another little one called henry so anyway lots of h's in our family um but they don't know that mm-hmm. what they're trying to get to that's so true. they're just like what are we doing okay and i always start um by trying to see what do you think about yoga? What is yoga mm-hmm. to you? What does that mean to you? And, you know, most of will say 
stretching, exercise, uh, mindfulness, relaxation. Mm-hmm. And that's, it is all of those things. Yeah. Um, and then I really make it a point for them to look at their hands, to look at their feet, mm. to watch themselves mm-hmm. because that's where the practice is. It's, it isn't about reaching a certain pose or a certain mm-hmm. thing in, in our life or in our, on the mat. You know, it's about how are you moving your body? How in control of yourself mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. And I haven't always been in control of myself. You know, control is another elusive thing when, Mm -hmm. when you come from a background where the males are very strong. Mm -hmm. um, And as have been in my family, like Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't learn about self-control. Right. Because it wasn't always taught to me. Not you were right. Not in a bad way, but you're controlled in a, by other people. Their, their ideas are the ones that you're supposed to follow. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the typical way of life. And that, mm-hmm. that was probably what I had a hard time with when, mm-hmm. um, as a teacher, as a, as an educator, cause I didn't want to control you. Right. I want you to control you. Right. Um, which comes off as when, as a parent, I was like really laissez faire. Mm-hmm. I was really mm-hmm. hands off. He had a really long leash cause I wanted him to learn. Right. But it all, Unfortunately, you don't learn that way either. You right. do have to have guidance right. and mm-hmm. it needs to be pretty specific. Right. Um, so I have them look at their hands, have them look at their feet and I have them um, watch themselves. So how how on your mat can you be today? Can you be mm-hmm. totally on your mat? Like your mind's on your mat, your breath is on your mat. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at other people. You're not trying to, oh, that person's following instructions and that person's not because right. kids love to do that yes. kind of thing. Yes. Um, and it, the practice starts there for me. They say in the dream world that lucid dreaming, you can be in control in your, of your dreams mm-hmm. if you can learn how to see your hands in your dreams. Ooh, interesting. So, and a lot of, you know, when you're meditating or whatever, yeah. if you can visualize your dreams then, or even ask to see them in your, or if you can visualize your hands and mm-hmm. ask to see them in your dreams, um, hmm. then you have some amount of control over your subconscious yeah. mind. So, um, that's a that's a good place to start for kids, mm-hmm. and then everything else is really fun. Like, yeah, we we pretend to be animals all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big part of our because mm-hmm. it's another way to teach kindness. Yeah, and awareness of the earth mm-hmm. is to think about animals and to embody them mm-hmm. and to embody their noises and um, to let loose in that way. Yeah. When you're a kid, is you have to be able to do that. And yeah, we're we're not giving kids those spaces very much. Right, that's just what I was thinking about. You know, my kids are huge into pretend play and that's always been something imaginative play that they, they are really good at. But I can see as they get older, they're losing some of that. Mm-hmm. And to have a space where, you, that, I mean, that's the point is to, to have that imaginative play and to not let go of that. And then if you can keep it as, as you grow up as a kid, then you're going to have it as an adult. That's true. And you know, how different is your life if you can do this play you know and imagination is a really beautiful thing because it's the root of intention setting Mm -hmm. um so a kid told me this morning she said we had done a um during the shavasana practice where they practice being dead right okay so bringing in the death element which is pretty (laughs) funny um and i mean to teach children because they're so like pretty much unaware Mm -hmm. and they always giggle a little bit like what are we going to do that pose for you know but so it's the circle of life and and honoring um stillness and honoring the process of um the the fullness of what it means and to Mm -hmm. conceptualize maybe that um we don't know where we go when we die and 
everybody does. So we mm-hmm. need to get comfortable with mm-hmm. these, this idea of passing because mm-hmm. um, people try to avoid it and mm-hmm. are very scared of it. And um, and so she had had done shavasana, and during the shavasana, I, I do a little bit of a guided thing sometimes. And I said, like a guided meditation, right? Mm-hmm. I just told them because they were going into camp, so it was their first day of camp mm-hmm. and um this is at arts fifth avenue so oh, yeah. um and they were going to go do their day of creativity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they do drums they do theater they do music mm-hmm. they do they cook, all, cook mm-hmm. they do all sorts of things at that amazing place and um and they start with yoga so um she said afterwards she said i was imagining i was imagining this artist and she wrote the word creative <laughs> and or she she painted the word creative. And I said, that's awesome. I was like, I wonder if you can actually do that today. Because then how cool would it be to do the thing that you imagined? Oh, yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. and that's where it all comes down. It's like, if we can get still enough in our mind, and that's the practice of yoga. It's like, yes, we're in control of our body mm-hmm. so that we can really let them go. Mm-hmm. And then notice the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because we aren't our thoughts. We aren't our... Um, feelings we aren't all of these different things that come from the external world we are the watcher mm-hmm. we are the seer and that's the essence that is in everything in mm-hmm. the universe right um it's that intelligence through the flowers the bees through everything right. and um and if you can tap into what's going to guide you through the day if it's creativity mm-hmm. you know and that's going to be your intention for the day right then how cool is it to go and do something and creative do mm-hmm. and be like heck yeah like mm-hmm. i just and i gained self-trust and i gained right. empowerment and i gained experience and insight and um so that was a really that was a beautiful awesome. moment in those little kids yeah lives. what do you see as um the way that because i mean hearing you talk about getting in tune with your body and being in control of it so that then you can be more present in your mind. How do you see that as beneficial to kids? Like what, Hmm. what are the things that you're seeing that those kids are able to express, you know, your story about the intention of being creative, but like in the ways that they interact with each other or the ways that they interact with their parents, because I'm sure you see snippets of those kinds of um, interactions. Well, it reminds me of the practice. Mm -hmm. So uh, everything is a practice. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, when you're on the mat, you have that intention. Right. Right. So kids will uh, naturally get more quiet. Um, they will get more comfortable. Mm-hmm. They will stop seeking attention from mm-hmm. their neighbors or from, mm-hmm. and that's hard for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they will tune into balance, watching, watching right. them um, try to balance is, is mm-hmm. hard, you know, mm-hmm. for kids to mm-hmm. balance on one leg or whatever it is. Um, I don't know how it always affects their life off the mat because I don't always see it. So I think that it, the more they practice, the Mm -hmm. more exposure they have to themselves Mm -hmm. um, without needing to be um, in competition or or answering questions or giving feedback because everything is driven by feedback Mm -hmm. in education mm-hmm. but listening to their own feedback mm-hmm. because i mean that's what you're doing in yoga is you're listening to, to your yourself own, right it's mm-hmm. a, it's immediate so i think my hope my hope my hope is that the more you're in tune with your body mm-hmm. the less likely you are to let somebody violate you mm. to let somebody cross your boundary right um, or the more 
aware you are when that is happening. Right. So you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're always told those feelings don't matter or um, somebody's pushing you all the time at school mm-hmm. and nobody's really taking care of that, then you just grow up, think, you know, not really aware. You disassociate mm-hmm. from so much. And mm-hmm. and I've, I've walked that path myself. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, if I can really be a man, these sensual bodies are really cool. Like, yeah. I mean, they hurt sometimes, sure. you yes. know, but <laughs> they're amazing. And our imagination is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a rich, what a rich thing to be in love with ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can really be protective of our earth and protective mm-hmm. of where we come from. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I talk to people about transitions in my coaching practice, I, I, I talk to them about, um, there's several tenets that I like to remind people of, of, you know, make a plan, but also be flexible mm-hmm. and listen and trust yourself because you really are your, the expert in you. But I feel like, and we talked about this before, when you have so many voices coming from all these different directions and, and well-intentioned loving people giving you, you know, ideas about what they think is best for you, it can be really hard to tap in and listen to your own voice. And so it seems like the practice of yoga as an adult or as a child really is about getting you to the point where you do listen to yourself and you can trust yourself. Yeah. And I think that's so important for our kids because, you know, as we've said that, you know, my kids go to public school and I think it's in, for the most part, it is a great place for them, but I can also see that, that there's things that can be stifling any kind of educational setting. Um, but especially when that's such a large system and that they don't, you know, they're well-intentioned loving people are telling them what to do and what to think and what to say all day. And then they start, start to not trust themselves. And, you know, I mean, even as a parent, I'm one of those people, right. well-intentioned loving people who's telling my kids what to think and say and do, but giving them the space in a, you know, in a, in a safe environment to practice listening to themselves and to practice trusting themselves seems like such a great, I mean, that's something I want my kids to have, mm-hmm. but I don't always know how to create that. So what do you think as a parent are some ways that maybe I can create that at home if I'm not necessarily practicing yoga? Like what are some right. little things that I could do that take from a practice? Yeah, great question. Um, well, was a long question. It was, but I don't, I, the, what you started talking earlier about listening to yourselves mm-hmm. and the voices coming from all these well-intentioned places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guide children at a church and, um, I hardly ever really talk about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell stories. Yeah. So I, and I tell stories from all over the world and mm-hmm. different religions as well. And, um, in a story you create wonder. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when there's wonder, there's um, there's an invitation for a kid to explore their right. own answers. Yeah. Um, and I know y'all are big readers. Yes. So any kind of storytelling mm-hmm. is excellent um, for, for building their own inner dialogue. Right. Um, anything sensory, mm-hmm. anything sensory okay. from... This, the animal noises to what you're eating and cooking mm. um, to the colors of, to color. Mm-hmm. I mean, so um, one of the Buddhist texts that I read from is called the Shambhala. Trungpa was the um, person who brought that to the West. And he, they talk about your basic goodness. So anything to get people in touch with their basic goodness, which means our ability to see red, 
our ability mm-hmm. to see teal, mm-hmm. our ability to hear mm-hmm. um, each other or a, a noise, um, to taste. Right. So anything sensory brings us immediately to the present moment. Yeah. And, th- and and not just like eating food to eat food, but just like mm-hmm. thinking about what are you eating and how does it feel once it's in your mouth and what does it feel like, you know, as you swallow? Like what really happens before be- it gets to your mouth? Right. Right. Gosh, what happens? Mm-hmm. There's a whole journey. There's a sure. whole life that happened to that berry that, mm-hmm. you know, took months to grow and it popped in your mouth and it took 10 seconds to right. eat. Okay. So what happens? To, so a really nice mind, there's a practice, there's a um, exercise called the raisin uh, exercise. You can mm-hmm. do this at home. It's easy. So you get a raisin, anything will do. It doesn't have to be a raisin. Right. I didn't love raisins as a kid. So maybe oh, like a dried fruit uh-huh. or oh, okay. anything, anything, okay. anything to eat. Mm-hmm. Preferably natural, not from right. not something that's going to have a piece of trash, whatever. Right. So you hold it in your hand and you look at it like you've never seen it before. Like you are yeah. exploring this um, planet mm-hmm. on, you know, this is a planet or this is something you've never seen. Like, whoa, this exotic fruit. I've never seen this before. So I look at it and I explore it with all my senses before I taste it. Mm-hmm. So I explore it with my fingers, my eyes. I smell it. Do I hear? What do I hear? What's its story? Mm-hmm. And um, and then I get it close to my mouth and I like, my, maybe I touch it with my lip or my tongue mm-hmm. and my mouth what happens in my mouth right right like what happens in my mouth what happens in my what happens in anybody's mouth what happens in your mouth right before you kiss somebody right. i mean wow mm-hmm. that's an amazing experience mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so then you start to be in touch with what's happening in my mouth okay so then i put it in my mouth mm-hmm. oh what do my teeth immediately want to do what is my tongue doing and, yeah. it, and just being aware of the processes that well, you're and slowing down right you know i mean i feel like whenever we eat it's just like throw it in your mouth and get it down there as quickly as possible Chomp. yeah Done. Give so me the next just, one. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking and just that just slowing down in that moment can then help. You're going to practice there, there and then you can transfer that skill to other areas. Right. And slowing down is that you eat less mm-hmm. and you're when you're more aware of what you're eating, you're consuming less. And that's a really important thing for our life mm-hmm. as Westerners. We have to consume less. Mm-hmm. Everything comes with a piece of trash. Right. Every grape, every bag like, of grapes. Even grapes. How am I going to get a grape every, without having trash? <laughs> where are the farm? You can go to California and handpick your strawberries and right. take them home, whatever. But that's not a big thing here. Mm-hmm. So the less we consume and need, mm-hmm. right, the more rich you can get in those moments mm-hmm. that are like, oh, okay, I'm going to eat this grape. Mm-hmm. But I mean, gosh, I do it with my son. He he scarfs his food. He <laughs> like his whole mouth will be full of food, know, you know? know. But he's getting something. Like right. he's getting a little bit, and he'll think about it as he grows right. up, you know. Well, and I think that does bring a really good point. So these mind mindfulness practices that you're talking about, with whether it's yoga in a studio, whether it's telling stories at your home, whether it's really being intentional about eating and thinking and being very sensory um, about those things, is there's so much that I want immediate gratification. Like I want my child to have learned something in every moment and every time I do something with them, but knowing that they're, they're getting little pieces, just like me as an adult, I'm getting little pieces each time. And it may be, you know, years down the road before I realize, Oh, the cumulative effect of doing that over and over again has, Oh, now I understand why I was doing that, but it's not happening immediate. And that right. can be hard It is in hard. any practice, but yoga, especially when thinking about like, um, I want to be, I want to do this now, but it's that cumulative and that can help you in transitions too, exactly. to know that 
it's not going to, you're going to have to do it over and over again. And you've got to practice. What does it look like when I transition from the school year to the summer Mm -hmm. and then back to the school year? Mm -hmm. And if I can practice these mindfulness techniques, this awareness in those easy, quote unquote, easy transitions, easier, then when I do come up to a really difficult transition, a big life change transition that affects more than just me, maybe since I've practiced transitioning, it'll be easier to do it in those big Right. And to, yeah, and those big life moments. Right, so right. that, um, and I, I don't know how much time we have, we but have, a few more minutes. Yeah, we have a few Can more I minutes. Can I share one yeah. um, thing? I would love for you to. Thank you. So we met through my cousin, mm-hmm. Mary Beth, and um, y'all were friends in college. We were friends in college. So, still friends. Still friends. Yeah. I know. I saw y'all's <laughs> post recently. Yeah. I'd, I'd love it. to hear about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, our grandfather passed a year ago mm-hmm. and he was a really, he was a Renaissance man for sure. He was a farmer and um, lived in South Texas his whole life, mm-hmm. but he knew how to do everything. He knew he was a teacher and um, he was a coach and he knew every tool and mm-hmm. every animal. He knew all the birds, he knew all the flowers, he knew everything, mm-hmm. you know, from, from that, from his era, right. you know, um, and he passed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, he fell, and and then a couple of weeks later, he he had, he had gone. And um, and when somebody like that, when you lose somebody like that, there's no process that we go through. There's all the legalities. There's all the things that you have to do to like you know for the funeral mm-hmm. and the uh, you know he donated his body to science. So I'm sure there was things there. I wasn't a part of any of right. that, but I know that it exists. Right. And it kind of rushes the process sure. of what would would otherwise be a natural mm-hmm. thing and what do our ancestors do to honor and mm-hmm. what do people around the world do um so we interred his body last few weeks ago his remains his ashes and um and everybody's all there and we're at the mm-hmm. you have uh, a big family we have a big family and there's yeah. lots of kids yeah. and so it's hard to have these even his funeral was like right. there was children everywhere oh, yeah. and it was loud and like you know <laughs> it was kind of comical in a mm-hmm. way and as it should be. Sure. Okay, that's life. And uh, and and then there was a man there at the graveyard uh, cemetery who was in charge of digging the hole or placing mm-hmm. the remains, mm-hmm. which I found a little odd. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like watching and finding his moment. And and uh, we sang a few songs and did a few things. Our family did. And then um, everybody was kind of like, okay, we're done. We're done. Mm-hmm. You know. And he's like, is it time? And he, I don't even know if he spoke much English. And um, we're like, okay, and we kind of signaled for him to put the place, this white box, nothing's on it, mm-hmm. you know, in the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, this is so sterile. And so I just went over, you know, I was like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, this is me giving a blessing. And mm-hmm. and it happened, it wasn't like I had planned it, you know, but thinking about it, um, yeah, I think I had to put a little dirt in mm-hmm. my hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I had a pencil and pen, and I was like, let's write a little note, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, yeah, and they got an acorn, and the kids are oh. getting little things and yeah. leaves and little pieces. You know, Oliver mm-hmm. had like a picture of himself. We put it in there, oh. and, you know, it was a transition that so easily could have been like, we're done. We're going to wrap up. We're going to the pool. Let's go have lunch. Right. Um, but instead, we all took a moment, and everybody, where that man was holding his shovel and was just going to otherwise shovel the dirt on top. Right. Everybody that wanted to mm-hmm. could get a handful and right. do it the way that you would want. Right. And participate in and give your final send off and right. your feelings in yes. that moment. Mm-hmm. And even if you 
don't have a lot to feel there mm -hmm. because it's hard to because there's so many people and sure. there is a transition. So there's not a lot of space for feelings. Mm -hmm. um, you can at least look back on it and think, hey, I I did that. Like yeah. I took a we all took a moment to really honor him right. in his final thing. Like mm -hmm. it was his final moment mm -hmm. and he rested and mm -hmm. next to his wife and, you know, other family members. So. Mm -hmm. And you got to you you got to bring some awareness to that situation mm -hmm. rather than letting it just be mm -hmm. this sterile moment of like yeah. it's over now, right? And Oliver too, and like he mm -hmm. was the only kid that was like he had that awareness right. because we've been working, because you've been practicing it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be able to, and not that the other kids didn't. I'm no. not saying that, but right. um, they're just in a different space. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So it was mm -hmm. just really neat, and I hope that's kind of my hope for kids and humanity is just to spend more time honoring ourselves as yeah. sacred humans and people on this beautiful planet. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Annalise. Uh -huh. Thank you so much for sharing more from your own practice of yoga and what you're teaching your students, whether they're adults or kids and how that that practice can help them in all these other transitions in their life. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you, audience, too, for listening with us again. Um, I feel like I've been so fortunate and so lucky to have such wonderful guests on here to talk about their own transitions and how they navigate those. Please remember to download and like and subscribe and rate the podcast. I really appreciate all the support that we're getting. Please follow me on Instagram at Panther City Partners for more information about the podcast, but also about life's transitions. Remember, the only thing constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Thank you.